1: For the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason, this is the Locked On Reds Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. (laughs) You cannot see me, but I am headbanging. Love it. I don't know. I mean, you know, whatever. If you think it's corny, whatever. I love it. I love this new open. Locked On just got this music contract thing worked out. So I was able to create a new open. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, We're going to be messing around with it a little bit here. Uh, We'll see. I've got some different uh, songs I can play with there. But uh, yeah, anyway, welcome into the podcast. Uh, Glad you joined me. Here on this Wednesday, happy hump day to you. On today's podcast, we're going to react or figure out how to react to this news with Marcelo Zuna going to Atlanta. Also, I've got a extra long jib jab with Joey segment. He's got some interesting thoughts, so I think you're really going to enjoy this one. But before we get to all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds. Also, check out lockdownreds.com for even more content. Oh, and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513 549 0159 for reactions, questions, whatever you got. The Locked On Reds line. So. Uh, Let's get to some news. There's not a whole lot of news, but let's get to it.
0: News team, assemble!
1: The big news around baseball uh, yesterday was the Hall of Fame vote. Of course, if you did not know that, uh, I don't know what rock you're living under, but The Hall of Fame vote went down yesterday. Two got in. Derek Jeter was one vote shy of being a unanimous selection. Imagine being that one guy. Like, okay, I get it. I understand this whole belief that Jeter and, and to some extent, Mo Rivera were not worthy of being unanimous selections. But we're to the point, we can't change the voting percentage on former, you know, uh, past players that were voted in so why are we getting bent all out of shape now but here's the thing there's 397 voters only one of them didn't vote for Derek Jeter. how would you like to be that one guy right about now also Larry Walker in his final year of eligibility does make it into the hall of fame I think he's I think he's worthy of it and if you saw the interview that he had on MLB Network. He was wearing the most awesome SpongeBob-like bowling shirt that I'd ever seen. Just that shirt alone is Hall of Fame worthy. So I'm really happy that he got in. Very nice of him, or er, very nice of the voters to put him in. As far as former Reds go, Scott Rowland got 35.3 percent of the vote. This is his third year on the ballot. In each of the three years he's been on the ballot, his voting percentage. Has gone up, so we'll see him next year. One guy that we will not be seeing on next year's ballot will be Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn received just one vote, which uh was shy of the five percent threshold that he needed to appear on next year's ballot, so uh, maybe that one guy that didn't vote for Derek Jeter did vote for Adam Dunn, but unfortunately. The Big Donkey will not be on next year's ballot. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Reds Hall of Famer for sure, though. Also, uh, and I kind of alluded to it in the intro, but the other big news of the day was Marcel Ozuna signing with the Atlanta Braves, and that's going to lead us into our focus topic today. I swear to God, I'm smart. At one year, eight million it definitely does raise the question should the reds have signed him now here's the problem he's a free agent and as c trent and different writers and folks on twitter have mentioned when you're a free agent that means you have agency you can choose to go somewhere maybe he just really wanted to go to atlanta maybe the reds didn't uh have as nice of an offer maybe they did. And he just spurned that offer. I don't know. But when it comes to this whole thing, by saying that the Reds didn't try, you're wrong. We know that they tried. We know that they've been in on all of these guys. It's not that, oh, well, hey, the Reds just let Grand Gall go to Chicago without an offer. The Reds just let Zach Wheeler go to Philadelphia without an offer. The Reds just let Marcel Ozuna go to Atlanta without an offer. That's not part of the equation. They've been in on all these guys. So that does bring up the question of, well, they're missing out. Why are they missing out on them? It's hard to say. I mean, when you when you examine some of these guys, and, and Marcelo Zuna specifically, he's going to a team that is ready made to compete. Let's face it, Atlanta is in a better situation than the Reds are. As as happy as I have been with this Reds offseason, as happy as as happy as you listening probably have been with the offseason. I don't know. I, I've seen some reactions on Twitter like people don't think they've done anything, and I think that's wrong. But at the same token, they're not as good as the Braves are. I mean, Marcelo Zuna is going to go to the Braves. He's going to be maybe their fifth best hitter, maybe their fourth best hitter. He's definitely not in the top three. Their their top three is pretty set. You got Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna Jr., and uh, Ozzy Albies. He's not better than any one of those guys, but he slots in pretty well the fourth or fifth best hitter. With the Reds, he'd be up there. I mean, obviously Suarez is the best hitter. You'd probably say that Mustakas would be number two, but then would Ozuna be number three? I mean, at least as far as power is concerned. We can debate between the merits of Joey Votto getting on base and Marcel Ozuna being the guy to drive men. Whatever, that. That's neither here nor there. There's nothing to debate now because he's a brave. But what I think when I look at this is what are the Reds going to do now? Because that will shape how I feel about Marcelo Zuna being a brave. It's not as if right now, this and of this moment, I'm mad. I'm not. I'm analytical, if that's a reaction. I, I, I'm i looking at this and I'm like, okay, how can the Reds, wh- what's the plan? What what are the Reds doing? If they go out and they trade for like Corey Seager or something, then sh- I don't care about Marcelo Zuna. If uh, somehow they bring in Nick Castellanos, again, don't care that the Reds miss out on Marcelo Zuna. But if the Reds stand pat, or if the Reds just add a couple of reclamation projects, maybe on minor league deals with invites to spring training, then I care. Then we look at this as a loss. But right now, I don't really assign this a win or a loss or a miss or, you know, they, you know, avoided something. I don't know. The money's not important to me. It it really isn't. The Reds said that they're going to have a record payroll. As of right now, they don't have that record payroll. So then, the, you know, $18 million, that would just add to the fact that they would have a record payroll. But the money is not important to me. It being a one-year deal is intriguing because that means that if he has a rough year, then psh, see ya. If he has a great year, then hey, maybe they could bring him back. I don't know. But in and of itself, I don't think that the Reds lost here. However, they've got to do something we got to see a splash move. we got to see a big move. We've been waiting on that splash move. And it feels like Mike Mustakas was kind of a little splash. And Shogo was a little splash. And Wade Miley was kind of a little splash too. We need a big splash. We'll see if they got something like that up their sleeve. There's still time before that they get out to spring training. And it's not as if once they get to Arizona, they can't make moves anymore. Uh, I mean, really, as far as trades go, the the next time that they can't trade is August 1st. It's kind of annoying because we really would have liked to have gone into Goodyear saying, "Boy, they're gonna win the. You're, they're they're winning the division. They're going to the playoffs." That'd be nice to say as they go out to Goodyear. But as it stands right now, we still have some questions, and we'll continue to ask them until we get an answer. But coming up next, we've got jib jab with joey but speaking of arizona have you booked your trip out there yet the best way to do that is visit arizona.com spring train you can book your flight hotel get your game tickets print out an itinerary of going around and checking out the sites and some different excursions and stuff plenty of national parks there in arizona if that's your thing also plenty of great restaurants and local breweries to fill the time in between games and if you want to see all of the Cactus League teams in action you can because they are all within a 50-mile radius of the greater Phoenix area so they're not that far from each other and the best way to get out to Goodyear Arizona in Cactus League spring training action is to go to visit arizona.com/springtraining that is the home base for baseball fans, visit arizona.com slash springtraining. Book your trip today.
0: This is the Red Surge, boys. The Red Red Surge. Surge. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. Joey Joey Votto
1: is delivered. Make it V for victory. Today, I mentioned we've got a little bit of a longer clip, but I really like This clip, Joey's an insightful dude and really gives some great answers. And if you're a subscriber to the Athletic, I highly and if you're not, I highly recommend that you do. But if you're a subscriber to the Athletic and you don't read articles where C. Trent sits down with Joey and talks to him, man, you're missing out. They they have some great conversations. This here is part from the conversation that I took from a season ticket holder, little interview thingy at. Reds Fest, and this is Joey, Jim Day asked him about being a leader, and he, he made the statement, he's like, you know, you're not really known for being a vocal leader, but what, what is, you know, what's it like being a leader in the clubhouse? And Joey's got a really great answer, like I said, it's a couple minutes long, but I think it's worth your time.
0: I think it's important to go into any sort of interaction with a, uh, a teammate that you're attempting to help I find it helps going in with a, a an approach that I can learn from this too. I found in the past in my experience that when guys have come up to me and told me something, it's been effective. But I've always found that it's been more effective and more lasting when we've done it together and we and it feels like a a cooperative effort. I I have a good relationship with everybody. I, I, the first thing I said to Mike Mustakis. I, I, you know, whenever he signed was, I can't wait to win with you, and I can't wait to learn from you, and I meant that sincerely, and I find that uh, even the guys with one day in the league or no days in the league, I try to say the very same thing, and I mean, more importantly, they can tell I mean the very same thing, because I do want to learn from them, and I do want to grow from them, and I, honestly, I felt that that's my way to connect to, to connect to them, and that's that's my way to... That's our. I feel like an effective way for us to grow. But you know, I've heard the the, the claim that uh, uh, I'm not a vocal leader. One one thing about baseball is like, there's very few times, very few windows where having uh, ha- having a um, a really loud conversation is effective. Um, it's such an individualized sport. We win as a team. There's no superstar that can carry a team. I mean, we have the best player, maybe of all time, in Mike Trout. He hasn't gone past the first round of the playoffs, and they barely make the playoffs some years. And here he is, amongst the greatest players of all time. And um, so we have to. The twenty-fifth man is important. The twentieth man and the tenth man. We're all very, very important. We're all part of the part of the puzzle. But. Um, you know, because it's such an individualized, even though it's that team source sport, it's very individualized. So it's really hard for me to relate to somebody that has their own experience, whether it's a pitcher with the ball in his hands, how can I help him? You know, a hitter who, you know, has to fight his own battle against the pitcher. You know, it's really just really, really difficult to to step in and just point fingers and be loud and vocal and, and hammer somebody. So. From my experience, it's, it's, it's a little bit softer. I feel like it's a little slower, softer, and then just conversations, when we signed Freddy Galvez, for example, or traded for Freddy Galvez. Traded, picked him up, signed him? Picked him up, yeah. I, okay. Um, the first thing I thought was, oh, this guy's a switch hitter, but more importantly, he's got a really nice left-handed swing. Uh, I, I, and he and I started chatting and talking ball a lot, a lot, a lot. Jose Iglesias was kind of the same thing, but Freddie and I chatted quite a bit about uh, s- some different things, and I felt like I grew a lot from him, but I- I'd like to think that maybe he did the same. So it's just, it's, there is a time and place to have those, like, what are we doing sort of conversations, and I think that that has to come, I'm gonna use the word organically, I think it has to come just naturally, because the team can read your energy and your emotional state, but if you just force it, these are grown men, they're intelligent, they're independent. They come from a diverse. Uh, we come from a diverse set of backgrounds. You, it's really hard to trick people, and so there's there's a time and place for everything, I think. And I, I um, you know, I, that's that's my experience with being. A, I can't even say the word leader. I guess you would call it.
1: Look, say what you will about the intangibles, you know, being a leader and being a vocal leader. I think, obviously, Joey lays it out pretty succinctly as to how he approaches being a leader on this team. But at the same token, I think some of that stuff we overrate. Some of that stuff we look at, and, and, and while it has its place, while it is necessary... I don't think you absolutely have to have that. And and while I duck to make sure that whatever you're throwing at me doesn't hit me, I, I, I just think that one of the things that Joey has is he is a smart player. I don't think, I think that's obviously not something we can quantify with a statistic but that falls under the whole intangible section and people don't give him credit for that people want to say well he's not a vocal leader well he's not passionate well he, you know he uh, first of all I, that stuff it's it's like i heard uh earlier uh tuesday on uh, mo eggers show on espn 1530 there was a caller that called in and said that luis castillo doesn't have heart and whenever mo rest and tried to figure out exactly what the hell he was talking about. The guy was like, well, in the seventh inning, when after he's thrown 105 pitches, he and the and the manager comes out to get him, uh, he doesn't look at the manager and say, no, I got one more pitch in me. What? Uh, see and, and and therein lies the the essence of error that some of us as fans Look at our own teams and we say, Oh, well they're just not good. They don't they don't have heart. They're not tough. And one of the things he said about Luis Castillo was he's not a bulldog. What the hell does that mean? I I want my pitcher to be efficient with his pitch usage. He doesn't have to throw 150 pitches. And and I want Joey to understand his role. I want Joey to understand how to reach the guys on his team whenever he needs to. And like he mentioned, you don't have to be a rah-rah guy. Baseball's not a rah-rah sport. It's not like football. Football, you need you know, a really passionate, energetic dude who is a leader, vocal leader, constantly getting people psyched up, getting them ready for the next play. If you do that in baseball, man, baseball's laid back. And, and, and there's, some, there's some instances where things can go haywire, but for the most part, you want to be a calm dude when you play baseball. Joey gets that. Some fans don't. And I hate that people use that as criticism to say that he's somehow not good. That he would not have been a good contributor on like the Big Red Machine or the 1990s team. Uh, whatever, man. Whatever. I love Joey. We're going to talk about Joey a lot more in depth uh, whenever we take a look at the team as a whole in spring training. Going to break down the key players. He is definitely going to be one of them. And we'll have more segments of Jib Jab with Joey. But for now, that's going to be it for today. Thank you for joining me today on the Locked on Reds podcast. On tomorrow's episode, I have my friend and your friend from the Blog Red Machine. Drew Cook is joining me on tomorrow's episode. We are going to dissect what the offseason has brought to the Reds and what the offseason still needs to bring. You're not going to want to miss it. And the best way to not miss it is to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting platform you're using right now. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at LockedOnReds. And save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. We're we're getting closer. Can you feel it? We are getting closer. And and I think I uh, said the other day in the headline section that the pitchers and catchers report on February 15th. It has changed. Now it's February 13th, i.e. two days closer. Get excited, folks. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I will talk to you all